In Florida Ag and Review for the week of August 8th, we had crop reports. With us, we have Steve Militeski with the National Agricultural Statistics Service with a report that we've all been waiting for. Steve, the microphone is all yours. Thank you, Julie. Uh, this month, the area planted to upland cotton is estimated at 13.4 million acres, unchanged from June, but up 25% from last year. Harvested area is expected to total 9.38 million acres. That's down 11% from 2010. Upland production is forecast at 15.8 million bales, down 10% from last year. And American Pima planted area is estimated at 289,000 acres, unchanged from June, but up 42% from last year. Expected harvested area at 287,500 acres is up 43% from the previous year. Pima production is forecast at 737,200 bales, up 46% from last year. Drought throughout much of the Cotton Belt has taken its toll on this year's crop. As of July 31st, 40% of the cotton acreage was rated in very poor to poor condition, compared with just 9% this time last year. 62% of the crop had set bowls by July 31st, six points behind last year, but on par with the five-year average. The southeastern growing region received widely scattered showers in late July, which provided some relief to the crop. However, the crop received continued stress from hot-dry conditions in areas that missed the precipitation. The crop progressed quickly in the Delta region due to beneficial rain and warm temperatures, while dry, hot conditions persisted in West Texas. Drought has shortened the growing season in South Texas, which allowed ginnings to get off to a fast start. By August 1st, running bales ginned in Texas totaled 202,750 bales, the highest August 1 total since 2000. In summary, the all-cotton production forecast for the United States is 16.6 million bales, down 9% from the 2010 crop. This is Steve Malaszewski with the USDA National Agricultural Statistics Service. And with big news on animal ID, Randall Wiseman had this. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service has issued a proposed rule to establish general regulations for improving the traceability of U.S. livestock moving interstate when animal disease events take place. In a conference call held Tuesday, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack presented the proposed rule. It will indeed be administered by states and tribal nations. It will only apply to livestock moved interstate. It encourages the use of low-cost technology, and it will be implemented transparently. Under this proposed rule, unless specifically exempted, livestock moved interstate would have to be officially identified and accompanied by an interstate certificate of veterinary inspection or other documentation, such as an owner, shipper, statement, or brand certificates. Vilsack said this approach offers great flexibility at the state and local level and addresses gaps in our disease response efforts. This notice will be published in the August 11th Federal Register and a comment period will be open for 90 days as consideration will be given to comments received on or before November the 9th. And the Ag Secretary made another big announcement for the Florida Everglades. Well, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack has announced $100 million in financial assistance to acquire permanent easements from eligible landowners in Glades, Hendry, Highlands, and Okeechobee counties and assist wetland restoration on nearly 24,000 acres of agricultural land in the northern Everglades watershed. Florida NRCS Assistant State Conservationist Ronnie Gutierrez explains why wetland restoration is so vital to our state. They improve water quality, improve wildlife habitat, reduce to a certain extent the amount of erosion coming off properties. Gutierrez says the efforts will have a wide-reaching effect far beyond the four counties. So they provide a number of benefits, not just the 
farming community immediately around that portion of land, but to everyone downstream from that because um, the water runs downhill and runs south, uh, and particularly in Florida. Uh, those folks downstream in the watershed are often the ones who gain the benefits or the consequences of the management of the resources of our land upstream. This is the largest amount of funding Florida has ever received for projects in the same watershed through the Wetlands Reserve Program in a single year. And we'll wrap up for this week with Everett Greiner. I guess you have to be in a business like I'm in to notice the number of negative reports that agriculture has to deal with. Not a week passes that I don't get at least one editorial or commentary feature that's telling us how bad the poultry industry is. Or maybe it's a slam on the dairy industry. I've even seen critical reports on vegetable farming. In fact, all of agriculture is under attack from various environmental, health, or consumer groups. Now, the problem as I see it is there's no one to defend agriculture. I mean, less than 1% of our population grows everything we consume. If they all spoke out, it wouldn't be a very loud voice, would it? And most farmers don't have time to tweet or blog. Oh, there are those who defend agriculture. There just aren't enough of them, and they just don't speak loud enough. And remember, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.